Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there today? Hopefully everything is wonderful. Hopefully the sun in your life is shining and birds are chirping and everything's great. And I really do hope that for you. Things are doing well uh, so far today uh, in the studio. Uh, Dan is in high spirits today, which makes us all in high spirits, I have to say. Thank you for joining us. I have a word for you guys today, um, and I really, really, really am passionate about this word. Is Jesus really welcome in every part of your life, in every part of your life? Is he welcome everywhere? I got a really awesome word from Matthew for you. We know that it is just a privilege for us to even be in your car, in your ears, you podcasting us. And so I want you to know that we have prayed for you. If you have a specific prayer request, please um, send us a direct message on social media, or you can email me, um, our team at hello at autumnmiles.com, which we answer all those as well. I also want to say, remind you that we are listener supported, which means we're supported by you. So every time you give a dollar, $5, $10 through our website, uh, it goes directly towards keeping us on the air. And um, we are a about, we we are celebrating four years this week, which is absolutely unbelievable. And it's from faithful gifts of people just like you guys um, that have said, yes, this is feeding, feeding me. This is encouraging my spiritual walk. Uh, so if that is you today, go to autumnmiles.com, click the donate button. You could click uh, donate just one time or you can do a reoccurring donation, whatever works for you. And um, we are so incredibly grateful and honored. Listen, it takes money to reach the world for Christ. And and that's just part of it. That That is just the reality of um, doing a ministry just like this. Uh, we want to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And your donation will help us do that. Let's get to what we're going to talk about today. Is Jesus really welcome in every single area of your life? Every single one. I want you to think about your life for a second um, and just your life as a whole. Okay. Uh, most of us will say, will say, especially at church, you know, a small group, oh, praise the Lord. You know, Jesus is welcome in my life. Lord, come and interrupt my life. Um, and that's all well and good when we say it. But a lot of times, and this might not be you, I might be talking to, you know, maybe your husband or your kids or something like that. Maybe I'm not talking to you. Um, however, a lot of times Jesus is welcome in 98% of our lives. Um, but a lot of times there's like 2% that he is really, if you're going to be honest, guys, if you're going to be totally honest, um, he might not be welcoming. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. We need to make sure that when Jesus comes in and disrupts those parts of our lives that we have been protecting, 
Um, maybe it's not sin that we've been protecting. Maybe it's, um, you know, a mindset. Maybe it's unforgiveness, well, which would be sin. But um, there, when we protect areas of our life and don't let Jesus in because it will cost us something, um, we need to understand that protecting those areas is costing us more than actually allowing Jesus to come in and um, to shine his truth in those areas of our life. I'm going to go to the demon possessed man, <laughs> men. Uh, I'm very passionate about this. I'm going to read this text to you out of Matthew, and then I'm going to make several points. Matthew 9, 28 says this, when he, Jesus, came to the other side into the country of Gadarenes. We had to look up how to say that. I actually looked it up several months ago when I did this video, but that's how you say it in case you don't know. Gadarenes. When he came uh, to the country of Gadarenes, two men were demon-possessed and met him as they were coming out of the tombs. (laughs) This whole story is crazy. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. That's going to be important. And they cried out saying, what business do we have with each other, son of God? So the demon possessed men, the two men are looking at Jesus and they're saying, what are you doing here, dude? Like, uh, what business do we have? What are you, what are you coming to do? Okay. Um, they're obviously aware of who he is in this moment. Of course they are because um, <laughs> Satan knows the power of Jesus even more than we do. Have you come here to torment us before the time? Interesting question. Now there was a herd of many swine feeding at a distance from them. 31. The demons began to entreat him saying, if you... Let's see. If you are going to cast us out, send us into the herd of swine. And Jesus said to them, go. And they came out of the men and went into the swine. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the waters. This is what I'm going to camp on. The herdsmen ran away and went to the city and reported everything, including what had happened to the demonics, demoniacs, sorry. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they implored him to leave their region. Okay. Let's get real here for a second. Um, this is a story, yes, about two demonic um, men that w- the demons were cast into the swine and the swine uh, died and, and uh, they were gone. I believe this story is actually more about the herdsmen than the demon possessed men. We don't we you, I, I don't I don't think I have ever heard a sermon where it talks about the herdsmen. If you're a pastor and you've preached it, my apologies. I did not hear your sermon. I am so um, drawn in to how the herdsmen responded, okay? Let me set this up for you. Here we have two demon-possessed men in verse 28 that says, they were so extremely violent 
that no one could pass that way. Now that got my attention. So here's uh, these two demon uh, possessed men. They were so violent, which means who knows what, what they were doing. They would kill people if they passed by the tombs. They would rape women if they passed by the tombs. By the way, if you have young ears listening, you know, maybe you should listen to the podcast. Um, they, they, they would rob people as they passed by the tombs. They, uh, it was, uh, it was a, uh, a so extremely violent is the way that the Bible puts it. It was it was a 911 situation. Um, you don't see any policemen surrounding these these men. You don't see anyone trying to restrain them because the demons in them were stronger than um, even the force of, of any sort of, of protection that the city could have offered them. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. I got caught up on the no one could pass by that way, which tells me that these two men were known in this city. They were known by their evil. So rather than the city coming out in full force to confront these two men, they decided to figure out a way to live with the two evil men. The city basically, Gadarenes, if you're wondering, the city, they basically became at peace with these two demonic men. They had figured out how to um, survive and sustain life, even though there were these two demonic men that were very close by in the tombs that were dangerous. Rather than confronting and, 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 um, and these demons, they lived with them. They had learned a way to sustain peace with the demons. Oh, Lord. I um, was caught up in my mind, and this is exactly why we entitled this show, Is Jesus Really Welcome in Every Area of Your Life? Because here's the deal. I believe that this city uh, may represent some of us. There is an area in our life that we know is dangerous to us. We know that we need to rid ourselves of maybe overspending. Maybe it's gossiping too much. Maybe it's negativity. Maybe it's uh, it's, it's eating the wrong foods. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm not big on this whole gluten-free kick, whatever. But you know what? Uh, uh, food does affect your body. It just does. Uh, that's just the truth of it. Maybe we know that we're not supposed to be looking at that porn. Uh, maybe we know that we're not supposed to be speaking to our spouse that way because it is damaging and it is dangerous to our marriage. Maybe we we know that we should be tithing in church, but we just don't do it because we think that, that uh, Satan has convinced us that we can't afford not to tithe when really God promises to bless us if we do. Uh, a lot of us are living and we're saying, Jesus, you are so welcome in our city. Uh, 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 Gadarenes, you're so welcome here. You're so welcome here. But there is just this one area that you've decided and made peace and you're living with. And let's just call it you're living with your demons. I'm not saying you're demon possessed. I do not believe theologically the Bible teaches that someone that is a believer in Christ can be demon possessed, oppressed, not possessed. However, 
We can be believers all day long and not let Jesus fully in to 100% of our lives. That's the truth. And that is exactly what Katarines was doing. I I am going to make I am going to learn to live with this evil. I'm going to protect this evil. I'm going to allow this evil uh, um um uh, in in our area uh, because confronting it would be too much. Confronting it would uh, take too much force. We don't even know how to confront it at this point. It's out of control. Confronting it is too hard. So we're just going to learn to live with it. And then Jesus shows up, you guys. Jesus shows up in verse 29 um, and the demons, uh, the men and the demons are crying out and they're saying, what business do we have with each other, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? And the demons began to entreat him, verse 31, saying, if you are going to cast us out, send us away into the herd of swine. Jesus didn't say anything. His presence was enough to scare them. Just his presence. The demons are talking to Jesus. Jesus is not talking back to the demons because Jesus doesn't have to. He knows he's the authority. And when they asked to be thrown out into the swine, Jesus says, go. And so they went and the swine go into the water and the swine die. Now, here is what I find absolutely fascinating. The herdsmen, what, they're watching this, okay? They're, they're, the, the swine, uh, the, the herdsmen, the, the people that took care of the swine, the people that owned the, the pigs, um, that, was, that was their uh, way of making money. You, 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 um, you, you own the pigs, you know, whatever it is. When the herdsmen saw that Jesus came and basically put the demons in the swine and told them to go, it so freaked the herdsmen out that they ran back to the city and they told the city, then the herdsmen ran away and went to the city and reported everything, including what had happened to the uh demoniacs demoniacs that's a hard word demoniacs i keep saying it wrong demoniacs so they see what's happening they run back to the city uh, uh, because all of a sudden their job is gone they that that was what they were paid to do to watch over the herd and all of a sudden their job is completely gone their way of making money is completely gone so they go to the city and they say oh my goodness guess what jesus just did uh, these two horrible uh, uh, uh men jesus just basically healed the men and cast the demons into the herd and the herd went and they and they died and the city didn't celebrate the fact that the demons were gone finally and that they would be able to pass that way through the tombs unharmed. They uh, wanted to punish Jesus because he took away a way for the herdsmen to make money. Now, let me let me boil this down for you. The, uh, the people in this city were more concerned about their economy and the frustration the herdsmen had with Jesus rather than grateful for what Jesus had done. Jesus had just rid them of a great evil and a great danger. But to them, they were more focused on the economy 
They were more focused on the herdsmen and their complaint than the freedom that they actually received. You guys, once the herdsman goes back and, I don't know, sits at the city council meeting and was like, Jesus just came in and he killed all of my swine. I wonder what that dialogue went like at the city. Like, I wonder if there was, Dan, you think there was a mayor there? At, uh, yeah, total. He, he's definitely, Dan would have been the mayor. He would have been, no, he wouldn't because the mayor didn't make the right decision. Dan would have been a, be a good mayor. But, you know, maybe they went to like some sort of a council meeting or maybe they just ran into the city and was like, oh my goodness, you guys listened to what this guy named Jesus did. When they heard what Jesus did, it says, verse 34, and behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. The whole city. It made them all mad. They were so frustrated about what Jesus did to these herdsmen. And they never, not one time said, thank you for freeing us from this danger. Thank you for freeing us from these demons. Thank you so much for coming in and doing something that we weren't brave enough to do ourselves. Thank you for coming in and offered offering us protection, provision. Thank you for doing that for us. Not one time did anyone say thank you. On the contrary, um, when they saw him they implored him to leave their region not only was he not welcome they wanted him to leave he wasn't even welcome like 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 to hang out around the tombs they wanted him to go go you just messed up our economy go you can you you can see right here what was more important to these people in gadarenes it was their economy it was their money it was not the freedom that jesus brought now did it cause the herdsmen to sacrifice something for the freedom? Yes, it did. It did. But when you see what they had to give up and what they gained, looking at it myself, I would have chose the freedom from the evil, violent men. This is what I'm saying to you today. That area in your life that maybe you have protected for so long, and Jesus is welcome in 98% of your life, but then there's those two little percent, demons we'll call them, that you know you need to be rid of. But it's going to cost you. I am telling you right now that the sacrifice that you'll make in the short term will be so small compared to the benefit that letting Jesus into those areas of your life to free you from will be. We protect these little areas. And of course, you know, at small group, we're not going to stand up and say, you know what? I am addicted to porn. Or maybe you, maybe you will. I don't know. There's some really free small groups out there. I don't really know. Or I am a, an alcoholic or I am addicted to pain drugs or I am sleeping around in my wife uh, or my husband. Maybe you will say that, but I know church people. If there's one thing I know, 39 years, Dan, do we not know church people? They'll tell you 98% of the truth. And then they'll be this little. No, I love church. I am a church people. I'm a church lady up in here, right? Um, but there are so many of us will be so open with a lot of our lives. And then there's like that, the ugly part that we protect. 
We've learned to live with. We've learned to get along with. We can sustain our life and sustain that little evil as well. And I am telling you today, yes, you will have to sacrifice. You will have to maybe go to counseling. You will have to um, renew your mind. You will have to uh, maybe out yourself and get in trouble to your wife. You will have to pay the piper. You will have to stop going to the drugstore. You will have to make some sacrifices in the short term. But the long term, the freedom, the life that Jesus comes to give you in the long term, it will be so incredibly worth it this season. Gadarenes did not see the benefit of being rid of these two uh, demonic men. But I'm telling you what, Jesus came to do them a service. And I wonder, six months later, after being rid of this evil, these two evil men for six months, I wonder if Gadarenes would have sang the same tune. Sometimes when God is asking us, listen, I want to come into this area of your life. I want to come into this addiction. I want to come in to this um, affair that you're having. I want to come into this bad mindset. I want to come into this anger. I want to come into this insecurity. I want to come in. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. I want, I want your faith to grow. I want you to do something you've never done before. Let me in. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this is a dark area in your life. Sometimes at first, immediately, we only see the negative side of letting Jesus in. But a lot of times, six months later, when we're six months down the road to recovery, when we're six months um, working on our marriage, when we're six months clean, that is when we can look back and say, I am so desperately grateful that Jesus came in and was bold enough to confront my demons that I have been content to live with for too long. Gadarenes only looked at the economic benefit that Jesus supposedly was ridding them of. But Jesus saw the freedom he was bringing. He came to serve them. And he was rejected. There's a whole other side to this. Um, you know, uh, uh, the Jewish population didn't eat pigs. And um, there's a whole other other side. But I am choosing to take it from this um, from this angle today. I really, really do believe that. When we say, Jesus, yes, you're welcome. You're welcome in my life. He knows he's going to be welcome in the largest portion of your life. But he wants to be welcome in 100% of your life. The strongholds. The things that you've been content to live with. He wants you to trust him. When you have to sacrifice in the short term only to gain long-term freedom. Freedom is available immediately. But sometimes our brains doesn't, we don't, um, We don't um, think that way. We think of the sacrifice first. Even think of the children of Israel. As soon as they uh, left Egypt, the first thing they did uh, just a couple days after being outside of bondage was complain. Even they did it. We do it too. 
I do it. I don't want to say Dan and Cassie do it because they're way more spiritual than me, but I do it. I want to just push back on you here for a second. What are you keeping Jesus out of? But proclaiming to others he's welcome in. Let me just pray for you, Lord. I just pray that the show, Lord, would register and would encourage and challenge, Lord. Because I know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, and I know I can feel that there are some strongholds that you are desperately just knocking at the door of, just ready to rid. That that person of, Lord, God, I pray that they would trust you, you, and that they would make the sacrifices they need in order to be free. Freedom is possible. It is possible. It is possible. Even the demons bowed when they saw Jesus and he said nothing. Oh, Lord, remind them of your power and your strength and the life that you bring when you're welcome in 100% of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. The Autumn Miles Show is listener-supported, and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.